All right, here we go. Another episode of Square Dance Callers Talking. Tonight, I am talking to a gentleman that is a Square Dance Caller. He's a national caller. He's an international caller. He's called all over the world. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people that will be watching and listening to this are absolutely going to know this guy. Uh, I met Jet Roberts. Um, I actually personally met him a while back. We were in Tennessee. And uh, I was absolutely starstruck. I'd watched this guy on YouTube and everywhere else I could find. I finally got to dance to him in Tennessee. And I was blown away, blown away by what a nice guy and what an awesome guy he is. And Square Dance Caller. So tonight I'm talking to Jet Roberts. Jet Roberts, buddy, how are you? I'm doing great, Charlie. Appreciate you having me do this, man. Oh, man, hey. it is my pleasure. It is my pleasure. So as we've talked about a little bit, um, just to start out for the folks who don't know you, who might not know a lot about you, where are you from? I'm originally from Sacramento, California. I was born and raised there. Um, I started calling. Well, actually I started square dancing around age seven, but I really wasn't interested in square dancing. When I first seen it, my mom and dad took me cause they started square dancing. Right. Uh, they, they wanted me to get out and start dancing cause at back of that day, you know, they had preteen groups. Mm -hmm. And I let him know. I said, you know, I'm really not interested in square dancing, but I'd just like to get up there and do that calling stuff, you know. Yeah. And mind you, I'm seven years old, you know. So uh, they told me, well, you got to learn to square dance before you can be a caller. So I jumped into that class and I got me some singing call records back in the day. And I started practicing that. And, and uh, halfway through the class, the, the caller there let me get up and do some singing calls. And oh, so, and so, so I got the bug pretty early on, yeah. really. And, Got my own club. I started a club in my in our living room. My mom and dad started it because I just told them, I says, I can't learn anything. Just call it the four walls, practicing at home. So we got a couple squares together in our house and uh, started my first club. I was 10 years old at that time. Then we ended up getting a school to dance in, and I started teaching classes. And, and uh, I didn't really want to do the teen scene, and I didn't want to be pegged as a teen caller. So uh, I we started with a family club. Okay. And uh, we had, a, I don't know, I think we probably had four or five squares, you know, the first year. So it was scooting right along. And to make a longer story short, uh, no, about three or four years later, I was calling. Let's see, I'm like 13 years old. I got three clubs. I'm starting to get booked for some Saturday night dances. And yeah. just having a hoot, man. I, I, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't very good at it. I kind of... Uh, Learned on my own, you know. We talk about site calling today. Heck, uh, we we didn't really know what site calling was back then, but I ended up doing it my own way. I didn't always get the corner right, but I was probably seventy five percent of the time. And you know, for thirteen good number. years old, I was pretty happy with that. So I kind of developed a lot of my own skills, and uh, to this day, I just go back on you know from when I was uh, beginning. How, how did I put all that stuff together, you know? And, and to this day, I still kind of do it the same way. I, I do a lot of my resolve and everything is on the fly, man. I just I just know where everybody's at all the time. Yeah. And uh, it, it makes it pretty easy for me because I grew up with it. That's what I was learning. I probably should have studied more schoolwork than I did you know, should because I was, right. I was more fascinated with calling, the skills of calling that I was with schoolwork. And then you know, I got a little trouble for that. So I had to get back on to focus on that. But, you know, I, I was having a good time. By, by the time, you know, I started traveling quite a bit when I was 
16, when I got my driver's license, I started hitting the West Coast. I was doing Oregon, Washington, and uh, Nevada. Nevada was my first out-of-state gig, really. You know, so, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. By my uh, mid-20s, I started international travel and, you know, started getting on a festival scene early on. Yeah. It's just been a great ride, man. I, I still enjoy it. Man, I enjoy it as much today as I did back then, so. I tell you, um, we talked uh, a little bit, uh, quite a bit in Tennessee, where I really got to know you um, a little bit, and um, we'll talk about the karaoke stuff we did. There so, might have been a few beers involved with that. There was though. absolutely a few beers, <laughs> more than a few, but uh, that being said, I was talking to you, and you probably don't remember this because just in passing, and um, since I'm really early on, just starting out, still trying to find the corner, doing stuff like that. I asked you about a singing call pattern that you had done when I just heard a little while earlier. And I said, hey, man, what was that pattern you were doing? And you said, I don't know. I just cite some of my singing call patterns. Mm -hmm. And I thought, are you kidding me? You, you cite call your pat That just blew me away because I, you know, I go into a dance. I've got several memorized for each singing call that I'm going to oh, do. Oh, we all do that, yeah. And, um, and when you told me, you know, I can't remember, I was just citing them. And I, I was just blown away by that, doing it on the fly, what you're talking about. That is that is impressive. So you're traveling around. I, I, first of all, I, I looked at your website today, which I've done before, but I looked at it. You've got the best home screen of anything I've ever seen when it comes to oh. thing with the jet on there. Phenomenal. All right. Yeah. My, yeah. my, my middle daughter designed that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And I need to get some updates on there, but uh, the schedule is always correct. Okay. I keep my schedule up to date, but the rest of it needs a little bit of work. So you've done quite a bit of international travel. Tell me something about that. I've never gone and called out of country. Oh, man. Tell me about it. That all started, let's see, I would have been in my mid-20s, I guess. I got, got invited to call in New Zealand, Auckland, New Zealand, right around Rotorua was the place, just outside of Auckland. So I went over there and done that gig. And uh, that kind of really opened the door for me over there. They hired me back, but they said, hey, can you come over? And uh, we want to share all the expenses with some, with some of the clubs in Australia. So uh, the way it worked out is I went over and done the, a week in, in uh, Auckland. And then from there, I went over to Adelaide in South Australia and did a week for them. And from there, I went over to Perth, Australia and Western Australia and did a week for them. And so that that just started turning into a yearly and sometimes twice a year thing. And then in, in Perth, I met up with uh, Steve Turner, okay. who's a really good Steve and Susan Turner, good friends of mine. And uh, that's what kind of led into me moving out to Australia for a couple of years. Not quite two years, but uh, that was just uh, over a few uh, adult beverages with Steve. And he called me out on it uh, about a couple of years later. And okay. I said, OK, let's go. So, Anyway, I ended up going over there for a couple of years. But uh, then from there, I guess, you know, once I came back, uh, I was doing that run quite a bit. And then I got invited over to uh, Sweden. Okay. I did a, a, gosh, I think I did two weeks over there. I went to Sweden and then I did a weekend in Denmark. And uh, I came back from that one. And that really opened the door for Europe for me. From Then I started touring over there uh, four or five times a year. I was going over there quite frequently and i i was there on the heyday you know at the end of the heyday before things started slowing down and we were, I, we were packing the halls every night and it just i just had a great time that's where i met my wife sylvia she's uh i met her in sweden 
And we just uh, celebrated our 19th anniversary, believe it or oh, not. Congratulations, man. That's fantastic. Great. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's uh, how that all worked out. Now I just, you know, I, I don't go over there as often. Actually, I was supposed to go over there next weekend, but I had some knee surgery and I can't fly yet. So Ted Lazat is going to do me the favor of going okay. over there next okay. weekend. Okay. Very nice. We'll be back over again. And uh, well, Tony and I have got quite a few things coming up overseas together. Okay. okay. And um, so, man, you've been around for a long time in the calling world um, for, well, since you were seven, eight years old. Any in influences? I mean, you basically, you know, brought you, you grew up doing it. So, any, any callers stand out that influenced you? You kind of. Oh, my hero all along has always been Ken Bauer. Loving the day. Yeah, I really do. He's a great person. I don't know him all, all that well, but uh, I still talk to him on the phone occasionally. And anytime I around him or work with him, he's just like the perfect gentleman. And when he first came to uh, Sacramento, I mean, I was—I don't know—I was probably twelve. You know, I couldn't wait to be there. And actually, I got to shake hands with him and meet him. It was like ah, you know. So he would be biggie, but. It, but as far as calling skills go, I really learned a lot from, well, Jerry Story would be the top of the line right there. I, I got the opportunity to be really close friends with him and uh, just watching him call. Uh, I call it a four ladies chain. I guess y'all call it an opposite lady line now. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get in with the lingo here because I have my own thing because I learned this when I was, you know, 10, 12 years old. That's when I started figuring this stuff out. Yeah. So I didn't know there was actually names for this, you know. Uh, opposite lady to me was a four ladies chain line. And, and then he asked me one time about a get out. And I said, well, it starts from that chain reaction uh, position. He goes, chain reaction position? Well, you know, uh, say you had a really, really good. Okay. And they could do things that we could never get away with. All back. And the same thing with, with today, which you didn't have when you were starting out, but I've got YouTube and different things like that where I see I'll just sit and I've watched so much of yours from uh, the Pride Resort watching you wow. and, um, and and Tony and um, Jerry and everybody else just picking up stuff, you know, and, you know, grabbing a pattern or something that I like. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to throw that in. So I think we've got an advantage. I would say the most important thing really is to know the definitions of all the calls. You really need to know those calls backwards and forwards. And then just start learning what what patterns really work. A lot of flow modules. I, I, I use lots of lots of different ways of calling. I, I, I use a lot of flow modules. Snap resolution, of course, is, is there all the time. But, but we all have our get outs, you know, from certain positions. But I, I see so many guys just pass those get, ups, get outs all the time because they're just not paying attention where they're at. I mean, there's... You're always got your partner, your corners. There's always they're always right there, yeah. and a lot of times there's a real cool get out that you just passed up. But if if you're paying attention and, and seeing where you're at, and once that little light comes on and you start seeing that type of stuff, it'll it'll make your life a lot easier. I'll tell you. Instead of always searching for that uh, uh, corner box or that uh, partner line or whatever y'all call them, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you don't need to go to those all the time. Sometimes it'll take you 20 calls to find that, you know, that partner line or whatever. When you passed it up five or six times already, you've already had an ocean wave with everybody paired up. If if you're in an ocean wave and everybody's paired up, to me, that's just a partner line of some kind. Yeah. And, and I think once you realize that, and if you're uh, 
if you got a, a one couple paired up, one's not. Well, you're in some kind of corner box thing. You know, if your corner's not there, she's over there. So there's really just not that many formations. It's not that hard once you start seeing it. Now, a little light comes on. And it'll make life a lot easier for. Yeah, once you don't get, you're not getting overwhelmed by it. When you when you're looking for it, it's like something. When you're looking for the tree in the woods, there's so many, and you can't right. find it. You know, and so when you stop that, and you just can get into it. So and you look for things. I look for. Right. You know, I get out there and I look for certain things. I'm calling and I'm like, oh, there it is. There, I got a paired couple there, and so then I can go from there. And I know I'm two, three calls away from an alaman left, depending on where they are. Sure. Um, I do appreciate that. That, that that's, a, that's a good way of thinking about it, what you were saying. So you've done a lot of traveling and um, it, you all over the United States. And uh, any stories that stand out to you, funny, anything like that? Oh, my God. Too many to mention. I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, but it's the Internet. Anything you want to say yeah. about it? So if you I'll, got I'll, I'll tell you something that people might enjoy. Is uh, our my, my our daughter Stella, our youngest. She's well, she's what fourteen now, but uh, growing up, she she went to all the weekends and stuff with us. So she had her favorites. Uh, Jerry and Tony was always Uncle Jerry and Uncle Uncle Tony. Okay. And uh, what stands out is there's and you could ask Tony about this one. We were doing a weekend uh, out in California. We had our RV there. And uh, Stella would get up and call with me occasionally. She'd mm -hmm. get up and sing. She knew the lyrics to the songs. And so, so I gave her a microphone and she'd sing. And it was fun and blah, blah, blah. And uh, this one time at the weekends, Sylvia, my wife, she was trying to get Stella to go to bed. And Stella says, I'm not going to bed till I can go sing with Uncle Tony. And uh, show Sylvia put her, she had her jabbies on, put her slippers on and took her on into the hall. And uh, told Tony, and Tony got her right on up there and uh, had her sing with him. And so you want to mention to him, Stella and the ABC song. Stella, all right, I will. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, Stella and the ABC song. And, and actually, somebody recorded it and put it on YouTube. So if you uh, search like Tony Oxidine and Stella, you might come up with okay, it. Okay, I'll do that. But, uh, the funniest thing is, is is he's up there doing the song New York, New York and just killing it, you know. Crowd's all into it. Stella's never heard that song before. Yeah. And uh, so she gets up there like in the middle of the song and, and Tony's up there and trying to get her to sing. Well, on the on the last uh, part of the song, number seven, she's uh, he's doing the, he gets ready for the Weave the Ring and he, you know, instead of singing the uh, the New York, New York lyric, he hands the microphone to Stella and says, take it, Stella. And she starts the ABC song, A, B, C, D. <laughs> and it finishes right towards the end and where, where Tony just nails it. New York, New York. Yeah. You know, like, awesome. Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's really, really cool. I will absolutely find that. I'll but, find uh, that tonight. I'll tell you. I thought about this, and just to share one other story, this one here, you can't make up stuff like this. And I was trying to find something clean, right? You okay. know, there's okay. a problem. But, uh, uh, Joe Saltiel, I don't know if you know Joe, but everybody does. I mean, he's a super-duper caller. He's, uh, he took over uh, Jerry Hagg's place down in South Texas, so he's been down there for a long time. But him and I grew up together out in California and uh, did a lot of calling together. And here, a few years back, 
we were out in California, and then we jumped on a plane and flew out to the East Coast. And we started in Jersey, rented a car. We both too cheap to pay the extra money to put him on the rental, so I had to do all the driving. And when I say too cheap, when Joe and I are traveling together, we're like getting a, a $5 foot long from Subway and splitting it. Okay. We'll go to the store and get an ice chest to get bologna and bread stuff because we don't want to stop. Just, you know, it's kind of a little thing between him and I. But we, uh, I'm going to speed up after going through, uh, see, we did Jersey, then we was in New York. Then we went up to a Sturbridge, Mass is where the story kind of starts, where it kind of gets crazy. And we did the dance up there at the Hayloft, and it was a Thursday. And Friday afternoon, we was doing the, uh, what they call it, Summer Magic up in Cornwall, um, Canada. Okay. With uh, Don Mosier, me and Joe. And I think Jerry was on it, too. It doesn't matter. But right. anyway, we decide, we, we're driving, so we got to go through uh, uh, the checkpoint customs there. And uh, I said, Joe, let's just tell them, you know, let's just try to just get through there without telling them we're square dance callers. That way we don't have to worry about the hassle. And we really didn't have work permits. And I kind of knew we didn't need them, but we were just trying to avoid any kind of hassle. Right. Well, as soon as we get up there, I tell them that uh, at the time I was working off and on for a logistics company in California. And... Uh, I just told them that's what I did. And then they asked Joe, and Joe says, well, I'm a square dance caller. And immediately I said, oh, here we go. <laughs> and the guy says, uh, why don't you guys go park your car over there and come on inside? And that's where it all started. We really wasn't doing nothing wrong. Right. But the, they separated us right away. Took Joe to one room, me to another room. And uh, again, to make a long story short, uh, we did let them know that we were going there to call us to uh, to a square dance. I didn't say call a square dance, but we was going to the square dance. Yeah. And then he asked, well, are you making any money? Are you calling over there? And and I, I said, well, I'm not going to. I didn't want to lie to him. So, I, yeah, yeah, I am. You know, and then he kind of wanted to know how much money I was making. And uh, he started asking a bunch of different types of questions. And, and uh, so I'm thinking I gave a price that I thought Joe would match because I wasn't sure what Joe was making and I knew what I was making. So we threw that out there and, and we did actually match. And uh, what made us really start working with him a bit was uh, he goes, he turned his computer around and showed me the flyer. And he says, uh, here you are on the website. And at this time, that weekend was huge. There's over a hundred squares there. Wow. So he's already called the hotel that we're working at talk to the organizers neighbors decide to run their motorcycle oh, there we go and uh she talked to the organizer so he knows all about everything that he's asking me so uh i just totally come clean with him and another long story short they let us in let us know that we had until sunday afternoon to get out of there the only reason they're letting us in is because we the hotel is booked solid there are a lot of people there and we're the headliners for the weekend so yeah. anyway so we get there we do the weekend we drive back out of canada we're going through the u.s customs and the guy asks us he goes do you guys have any trouble getting in <laughs> i said well maybe a little bit he goes yeah they flagged y'all you know <laughs> wow so he says they could do it on their end but they, we can't do it on our end so uh oh anyway God. it was actually it was, it turned out to be no big deal at all we yeah. didn't get in any kind of trouble at all but i'm not done with the story yet so okay this was oh i forgot on the way there you know we left sturbridge mass 
we uh, followed the GPS and it took us off some highway into the dark. And we were driving and driving and driving. And this is the middle of the night at this point. And we're lost. But we actually ended up in Lake Placid. No kidding. Uh, in the okay. of nowhere. We, we were just totally like an hour and a half out of our way for where we were supposed to be. So it was just like one thing after another. Blah, blah, blah. So anyway, we're heading back after the weekend in Cornwall. And we got to, um, we're going home finally the next day back. I'm going back to California, he's going back to Texas. And uh, I booked a room on Hotels.com back in Newark by the airport. We get there, there's fire trucks and smoke coming up, our hotel's on fire. So we can't, now at this point, we can't even get a room. Mind you, I've driven all the way from Cornwall to New Jersey, which is like 12 hours. <laughs> We're dead tired. So it was just that whole trip from the minute we left New York was just, boom, one thing after another. So, uh, and that's that's quite a story. You really can't make stuff up. No, no, that, that's the best road story I've heard so far. I will tell you yeah, that. That's, that's, that's fantastic. I, I kind of went, you know, I'm trying to remember it all, so I kind of got it out of turn. But uh, you kind of got the gist of that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Why well, I hate to get held up in Canada just for making some money at a square dance. Great day. Yeah, <laughs> I've been back a couple times since, and it's been no problem. And that'd be a story. Well, I flew the last two times. I, I didn't drive. I would not recommend driving to Canada. <laughs> Telling somebody in a Canadian jail and they ask you what you did, uh, I call it square dance. Okay, so yeah, that's why you're here. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, man, I know it's impossible um, because how many how many recordings do you think you've recorded, square dance calls, square dance singing calls? Oh, wow. I never even thought about that. I, I honestly really don't know. Uh, um, what what currently what's your labels and all that what are you um, calling them well I'm on staff with Royal Records right now okay. I was on Rhythm for over 10 years thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed working with those guys and uh, I think I worked with Wade for gosh 10 years or better over there okay. by far he's the master when it comes to producing yeah. music and uh, I'm just looking for a change so you know Jerry always kind of asked me if I wanted to record on, on Royal. And when he passed away, I kind of, I don't know, I had a soft spot and I talked to Tony about it. Okay. He welcomed me on board over there. So that's all I have to say about that. But I I, 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 I'm pretty happy over there. With It's a good home. And the, those are my road buddy. That's who I travel with a lot. So it seems like it's a good fit. But no problems with rhythm records at all. I mean, Wade and I still talk on the phone. Absolutely no issues. He wished me the best. And there was no hard feelings whatsoever there. Well, that. how about that? So um, give me a couple of your favorite singing calls. I usually ask everybody what their favorite singing call is, but I know you've got more than that. So just oh, some, of your, some of your favorites. I like some of the old school stuff, to be honest with you. One of my to-go-to ones is... Uh, Mississippi on Wagon Wheel. Mississippi on Wagon Wheel. I have not. I will look it up. It's kind of difficult to get, I think, because uh, it's out of print. But uh, that's some of the, it's got an old stand up bass in it, and uh, it, it's really, really, really good. Um, other than that, I don't know. Uh, Ted Zott, they, he did a, a story of my life. That's a really good singing call. I like that one. I think I've heard you do that. Uh, yeah. I think I heard you do. Um, Let's see. I still like old Georgia on my mind. You okay. Know, the old uh, red boot. Yeah, that's good. But, yeah, there's just too many of them, Charlie. I know. I know. Okay. 
Well, now I know during the COVID and everything, you uh, you put some Facebook. I think it was Facebook where you were putting some where you're playing guitar. Um, what kind of you play, What musical instruments do you play? The guitar <laughs> and the radio. Okay, okay. So if you're not square dancing or you're not square dance calling, what music? I'll tell you what. I'm going to move you indoors. These guys are going to ride their motorcycles out here, and I don't. Okay. Play. Okay. Just, just give me a sec. Yes, sir. Because they're going to get loud. I'm jealous. That's what I was going to do on such a beautiful day today. I thought about jumping on the Harley and going for a ride. I did. I, I knew you had a Harley. You get out a lot or not as much as you want. Not as much as I'd like, but right. uh, we do. My wife and I both ride. She's got her own and I got mine. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, there we go. I okay. think. All right. I got you. But, there we go. So if you weren't listening to square dance music, what kind of music do you listen to? Oh, gosh. I, I like lots of types of different music. I guess my favorite would be some old school country music. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm a big old Willie Nelson fan, that kind of era stuff. But then again, classic rock. One of my favorite artists, I guess, is like Paul Simon. Love me some Paul Simon. Okay. And uh, if I didn't mention Seeger, Scott might get pissed off, you know. We all love Seeger. Okay. Leonard Skinner, you. you know, that type of stuff. I, I like it. Well, I even like Absolutely. modern country. I know some people don't like it, but uh, I don't see a problem with it. Let me turn this. It looks like you got a clear. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what's your favorite kind of music, Charlie? Um, uh, Kind of like yourself. I'm all over the board. I'm more of a uh, 80s metal, heavy metal. I'm a massive metallica fan that type of thing um but i i recorded george Strait song with tony uh, you know i love country um so All right. it's it, it depends when i wake up each morning how i feel if i'm going to listen to metallica's sad but true or um you know uh paint me a birmingham by um yeah uh, that's a goodie yeah oh i love that i started doing the the square dance version of that to tony and, and um Jerry had put out, and it's very good. Right. I love that one. Something, and it's a heck of a story behind that song, isn't it? It is. It really is. Yeah. And um, I did, from the moment I heard it on the radio when it first came out a long time ago, I was just um, blown away by it. And then when I heard that Jerry had done it uh, a few years mm -hmm. back, uh, I had to. I grabbed it immediately and started working on it. And at the uh, GSI last year. Um, I was in one of the classes and Tony was, happened to be there and he said, uh, what song do you want to do? And I'd never, I said, paint me a Birmingham. I didn't even have it at the time. And, um, I said, can you pull it up? Cause I know what's on yours. And he did. And he worked with me on the open and all that. So then I went and bought it and, and then I've been doing it. So love that song. Yeah. That's a dandy. You know, Jerry did a Barbara Mandrell song called country. I was country. Country, country was was yeah, man, that is an awesome song, it really is. good. That's one of my to go to songs. So, I'll have, I'll have I, to I don't think it's on Royal, though. I think he did it for somebody else. Okay, I'll I'm see. Not sure. Now, here's something like I said this this podcast, and uh, I imagine you've seen some of them. Uh, I try and talk about the square dancing part of it, and also for the people who don't get to talk to you like 
some of the callers do. And at some of the conventions, you get to talk to dancers who only see you for two hours at their club if they hire you. And then you're on to the next one. So they only know the guy that's up there, the entertainer, and they get to know that person and like them. But um, just something about yourself. Uh, I thought of it last night. Let's let's try and take it a different direction. What uh, some of your favorite movies? What do you like to do when you're not calling movies, TV, that type of thing? Oh man, we all love to love to well, uh, stream all the movies. I guess my favorite all time movie is that Saving Private Ryan. I don't know, it, anything, okay. actually, anything with Tom Hanks in it, I, I'm gonna okay. like it. Okay. Know, but still, I like all the sci-fi stuff, like Star Wars and uh, Star Treks. I, I, you know, I own all those. Okay. And as far as TV, you go back to old school for me. Shoot, I own every episode of The Honeymooners, The Flintstones. Fantastic. I got all those on DVD. Uh, some of the current stuff we like, my wife. We we both like uh, The Blacklist. And, uh, what was that other? Designated Survivor. We watched all those. And, and, yeah, Keeper uh, Sutherland. I'm a big fan of whatever he does. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really good. We just got into that Madam Secretary and actually streamed all those. That okay. was a pretty good program. I have, I have not watched that. I'll have to look into that, too. Yeah, we got to enjoy that. Yeah. That's good. You yeah, know, I was um, – did you ever go through, speaking of Keeper Sutherland, uh, any of the 24 series? Yeah, I never that? got all the way through those, but oh, that was pretty man. interesting. That, yeah, that might be stuff. my all-time favorite of multiple season shows. Right. Of course, right. I love Keeper Sutherland when it comes to that. So you – you and the wife both have Harleys. Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, besides riding the motorcycles, any other pastimes you like? I mean, sports, anything like that you're into or not? Oh, fishing for me, boy. Uh, you used to do a lot of that. I don't do as much as I'd like to now. I don't know why, but. Uh, freshwater, saltwater? Uh, probably freshwater. Okay. Back in California, I, I did a lot of uh, trout fishing. Okay. And uh, since we moved out here, it's kind of warm water and uh, a lot of bass fishing here, but you really need a boat, and I don't have a boat. I bought a motorcycle instead of a boat. Okay. So, uh, yeah. It's priorities. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I guess. I it. Yeah. All right. Well, Sylvia's the one that wanted to get back into motorcycles. It was kind of funny. She uh, she says, hey, want to get a motorcycle is the way she put it. I said, oh, great. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to get that. She goes, I want to be clear. She says, she says, I want a motorcycle, not you. <laughs> so, of course, I said, well, if you're getting a motorcycle, I'm getting a motorcycle. Okay, okay. You know, that's kind of how all that started. So we, we talked a little bit before um, we started recording, and you're not going to be at Caller Lab. you got some stuff going on. Um, yeah, I just what, can't it. What's your schedule looking like square dance-wise, say, like over the next six months to a year? What do you got going on? Oh, man, I'm all over the place. Uh, let's see. Next one is Ocala, Florida coming up. And then in May, I've got a – I'm doing the Silver State Festival out in Reno, Nevada. Okay. And uh, that's a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then Monday, I fly home. And then Tuesday morning, I head out to Texas. I'm going to drive that one. Got some stuff out in Houston and then down in Killeen, down there by Austin. Then back to Houston. Then on my way home, I'm going to hit Slide L there, call for Ozone Squares there, Louisiana. And Slide L, Louisiana. That's, right. a, that's May. Let's see, June. I'm, I'm over at the Pride Resort, of course. 
I'm there three times over the summer. Okay. I've got a, uh, I'm doing an advanced uh, blast class over there this year. And uh, that was something Tony talked to me about doing. And I, after some thought, I said, hey, let's give it a go. And, and uh, I'm going to teach in the five-day period. I'm going to do my best to and expose everybody to all the A1 and A2 calls in that, in that time period. So, so now, I'm kind of ex excited about that. Explain that to the advanced blast. What, what does that entail? Now, I, and I say well, that I've taken advanced twice from beginning to end, but I never danced it afterwards, and it's been years, so I, I, I couldn't do one thing right now. Do you have to know how to do advanced to go to the blast, or is that something you can come in? No, you've got to at least know all the plus calls. Okay. And, uh, you know, up through plus. But, you know, really, advanced is nothing but mainstream with a bunch of names put to it. it it's not really hard. I'm not going to be able to spend a lot of time on all the positioning. I think that's the big difference between your mainstream plus and then when you go into advanced, the uh, positioning becomes mandatory. It's not an option. You really, you know, to dance it successfully, if you go to an advanced weekend or dance the advanced style, you should know your positioning, you know. So that that's the big difference there. But as far as the, the, the blast class goes, I'm just going to start running everybody through all the calls. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's certain things that uh, I'll spend more time on. Okay. Uh, I Usually when I start an advanced class, first thing I do is start teaching some of the mainstream calls. That they need to know. They, they, they need to know their fractions, all their quarter turns, halves and three quarters. If you don't know your fractions, you're going to suffer in any level. And the circulates are, are, are very, very important. Everything that you do out there, any of the, the big calls, they're all involving your fractions and circulates. So you really need to know those and your runs, your cross runs and stuff like that. And I think once you get a hold of that, that stuff, the rest of it's really not that hard. It's just mainstream calls with names that's all okay yeah. so I mean, that's the same thing if i was come out there basically i'd be coming in from ground zero i mean i know plus and mainstream back and front so i could right. dance i could by the week i could yep. get some of that done okay absolutely you could. I, i'm not gonna <laughs> say everybody can come out there and uh go through this blast class and then the next weekend go out and go to an advanced no, dance I, I, yeah. I would recommend that all i'm doing is exposing everybody to it and I would highly recommend that if you wanted to continue dancing advanced, that you'd take a class okay. and, uh, you know, go from there. But uh, at least this will expose everybody to it. And you can say hey, either I like it or I don't. Okay. And, you know, it's not it's not for everybody. Well, that and just being at the at the, at the RV place with all y'all. I mean, that's uh, that that's RV park is fantastic. It absolutely is. We, we actually go there on holiday. Couple times, uh, yeah. Okay. Let's get together. Yeah, uh, I just I, I've never, I've never. I mean, I knew about it, but we'd never gone until just last year. We finally got over there with uh, Jack, Tony, and Ted with their plus weeks, and uh, right, yeah. I was just blown away. We stayed in one of the cabins because we don't have a camp or anything like that. So my wife and I stayed in one of the cabins and um, had a great time. And uh, you know, they let me go up there and do my singing call that I recorded. And I was just like, man, I, I don't deserve to be up on this stage. Not here at this level, but it was just awesome. And uh, a lot yeah. of fun. And the dance in such a high level because some of those folks that go out there on a, every week, they're out there. So it's really good dancing, too. Yeah, beautiful hall. Uh, just, just a beautiful location, really. I love it there. Well, man, I appreciate that. That's for sure. Um, Because I, I was looking at the schedule. 
And I saw, you know, when you had the advance and when I see advanced, I, I just will shy away from it because I don't remember any of it because I don't dance. Right. Um, but they, but yeah, yeah, check like out that. the blast class. I mean, Absolutely. you know, that's four plus dancers. OK. OK. And then from there, my schedule still gets kind of crazy. Let's see. Uh, well, you got we got nationals in June also. Yeah. So we yeah. got that. And uh, just before nationals, I'm doing the uh, uh, let's see, Washington State Festival. Out of the Seattle area, so I'll do that, and then I've got to fly right from there straight to Mobile, and then Sylvia's going to meet me in Mobile halfway through the the GSI uh, school, and uh, that way I can ride home with her. And uh, let's see, August I'm back at Pride again. I'm out in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and then September we've got the uh, trip out to Germany and Austria. That's with Tony and Kim and, and us. And we're taking Stella this year on this. This will be my second time doing that one. That's an amazing, amazing tour. It's really, really oh, good. Sounds like and then we get back from that, and then it's off to Japan. Tony and I again out in Japan. And, and um, yeah, just all over the place. Then from there, I got to go out to California. Well, yeah, we, we definitely finally pick it back up again. Yeah. We definitely need to get to uh, get together and do this again sometime after uh, first of next year so we can talk about those trips you got coming up at the end of the year. That's outstanding. Sure. Anytime, That's man. Fun. Yeah. So we got the schedule. Looking forward to seeing you in Mobile. Man, I am looking forward to that. Um, I didn't know you weren't going to be in call labs. A little let down with that. I bet, but, you know, business and everything comes before that. But, man, uh, getting to see you in Mobile is going to be awesome, especially at the GSI school. Because yeah. um, I tell everybody, uh, my the people that I know that are callers, beginner callers, whatever, and even some dancers, you know, the, the biggest part of the GSI and the national conventions is getting to see people that I don't get to see. I mean, you're a little closer now being in Alabama since I'm in Georgia. Right. Um, you know, but these folks that are Texas and um, if you when you get out toward Nevada and California, I never, I'm never going to see them. I, you know, I'm not going to call out there. I rarely get the chance to travel out there. Don't um, say never. Well, no, I'm, I don't say never. But before I get to the point where I'm like, somebody's going to say, hey, come to California. I got to get some more uh, rubber on the tires before I get out that way. So Right on. Uh, well, Jet, anything else you want to talk about, man, I can't, that I didn't think of? Oh, we could probably go on for hours, but we covered quite a bit in a short amount of time. I do. I, I want to plan. Remind me. Of course, it'll be in June, but um, at, at the end of this year, when y'all get back, I want to get uh, – since you and Tony are going to be together, I'll sit both of y'all down, and uh, we'll just talk about going overseas and doing that. Oh, sure. No worries at all. Hey, you coming out to uh, – is Tony, that him calling you? Yeah. Don't forget to ask you about Stella and the ABC song. You coming out to Tennessee State in Gatlinburg? Absolutely. Hey, Tony. Cool. Hey, 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 I'm talking to Jet. Hang on just a second, but I'll call you right back. Hey, remind me, I've got, I've got to ask you about calling with Stella. Okay. All right, buddy. I'll call you right back. Bye. All right. So that's in the books. We got that. I'll talk to him in a little bit. Um, that's good. So, um, what was the last thing you were saying? Um, to Tennessee. Yes, I'll be Tennessee in State. State. Yes, sir. Absolutely. We will have to uh, get back over to the karaoke hall. We didn't talk about that. Um, so at Tennessee last year, a group of us went out afterwards. And um, first time I got to actually spend any time with the outside of a square dance area. And um, you actually got you, you got your name on the list to do karaoke. The rest of us couldn't get on the list. So it was a good time. 
Um, well, it's amazing what a $20 bill will do. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Yeah, but well, the problem yeah. was I was last that I'd already had, you know, my share of uh, of uh, Miller Lite. So yeah, we, 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 we did. Probably, have... I probably didn't sound all that good. Well, who doesn't karaoke for the most part? But, you know, especially because right. you're drinking. Uh, my wife yeah. told me that originally. If there's no way I could ever even attempt to do a singing call if I had one beer, because um, I've been on cruises and done karaoke, and I'm not the best singer in the world, but you put four beers down me, and it is a disaster up there. But, um, well, Jet, man, um, when we get when when you finally get in to um, the GSI school, the first round is on me, brother. And, I'll uh, see you Sunday night. Maybe the second round. Uh, so we'll go up we'll, and right. how many rounds we can go. Um, we'll see what happens. It has been a pleasure, brother. Um, safe Thanks, travel. Thanks for the I, invite. Yes, sir. And I will see you in June.